home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Diamondbacks front office focus with Wolf and Luke. Presented by Gettle Air Conditioning and Plumbing. G-O-E-T-T-L. It'll keep you cool, but it's hard to spell. Gettle.com. Yeah, D-backs get back into it on Friday at home, starting a series with the Washington Nationals. Had a pretty good uh, draft just wrapping up. And joining us on the 72 Sold Sports Line right now is their GM, Mike Hazen. Mike, thank you for the time this uh, this morning. How excited were you guys when Drew Jones was still there at pick number two? Yeah, pretty excited. Um, you know, he's somebody we had spent a lot of time on over the course of the last year impact player with impact tools uh you know you sort of anticipate you're gonna have access to a player like that when you're picking where we picked um and you know those are some of the things that you have to turn into elite star players to win in this level or in this league um but having the opportunity to take somebody like that uh is certainly something we feel very fortunate um and we look forward to get him out this week uh, to start playing. Obviously, Mike, uh, you're talking about an 18-year-old kid. What does his path to the bigs look like? Yeah, challenge in baseball, right, uh, with the draft and talking about picking where we picked and much different than the other drafts and the other sports. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think Jordan Lawler's probably uh, uh, and, and Corbin Carroll are probably fairly analogous paths that you could see. Um, you know, I, I think Corbin's is a little challenging just because of the 2020 year uh, that kind of got in the way and then, and then he got hurt. Um, but, you know, Lawler's already in high A. Uh, as a as a as a 19 year old, and you know, I think that's one step away from kind of being at the upper levels of the system, and, and could be could be in the in the on the big league team um, within a few years. I, you know, I think that's probably the exception rather than the norm, and certainly needs to come with you know posting thousand OPSs in the minor league affiliates that you're at, and showing us defensively that you're advanced and progressed. And um, but with the talent. You know, start dominating the levels that you're at, the competition you're at. Some of these, some of these guys get out onto a playing field with kids that are three to four years on average older than them, but they're that much better, and they show that. And so we're not going to hold them back. You know, we talked to him when we when we met with him, and he's gonna he's gonna push himself, uh, which most of these guys do. And we will react to that and determine where that where that pushback is going to come from a competition standpoint. But the faster we get these guys to the big leagues on our team, the better. I'm talking to Mike Hazen, uh, there was a few players at the top of the draft whose parents had, had been successful major leaguers. Mike, just in your experience, obviously Drew Jones' father is Andrew Jones. That's, that's a great uh, former major leaguer. How much does it help a young player to have grown up around the game at that level? I think quite a bit. Um, you know, watching the game is, is so important. There's so many little nuances to baseball. So many, when we talk about instincts, well, what, what are we talking about? You know, decision-making when you're out on the field. Decision-making at the plate. Decision-making on, on, on defense. Decision-making when you're on the bases. I, I think that's where the instincts come from. You know, watching, absorbing the game, playing the game. Um, when you're on the bench or when you're just even when you're on TV or when you're in the clubhouse when you're a kid watching your dad taking batting practice you know I, I think I think that's what you get to absorb a little bit more than somebody that just rolls out there and plays you know once every couple of weeks or just their baseball season in the spring and then otherwise is you know their attention is someplace else um, 
I think that shows up on the field with the little things that happen, the little decisions when somebody turns around and says, hey, that guy's a great base runner, as opposed to somebody saying that guy's a bad base runner. Um, I think those become much larger differences as you move up the ladder. Mike, has there been a paradigm shift inside the organization in terms of developing players, or has it always remained the same? We have changed a lot of some of the philosophical stuff underneath how we go about and coach, what we're pushing our coaches to learn. The game has kind of changed. It's not just the Diamondbacks. The game is evolving in a lot of ways. A lot of that through technology. Um, the technology that's available to us now, even than it was six years ago when we first got here, uh, is completely different. Uh, and, and players have access to that at the amateur ranks, so they walk in with that technology too. And, and so it's on us to figure out how best to utilize it and apply it to the professional side of things. Um, so I think a lot of that paradigm shifting has changed in how we go about teaching. The game is still the game. There's still many things within the game that are the same as we were teaching it 20, 25 years ago. Um, and, and so, you know, that much about the game hasn't really changed a lot, you know, as much as, you know, the game has evolved a little bit in terms of, you know, strikeouts, walks, and home runs. Uh, that's not necessarily something we're just teaching towards. You know, we're, we're teaching towards the complete baseball player, the guy that's going to be able to stand out there with a runner at third, nobody out, and put the ball in play so we score that run. You know, that's not, and not coming from a home run. Um, and and so those are still the things, the tried and true things that we're preaching on a daily basis. Mike, with Drew Jones, too, there was a scouting report I was reading where they said you could line him up at shortstop and he could play shortstop. I, I mean, to me, I know uh, he's he's a center fielder. That's the that's where you guys at least project him. But what your thoughts on that in that scouting report I was reading? So I think Wolf, when you read that, like I, I think you 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 you, you I mean you relate to this. You're talking about elite athleticism, yeah. right? And, and at yeah. the amateur ranks, you could take Drew Jones and put him in any position on the field, maybe besides catcher, and he's going to be the best player on that position <laughs> on the team on the field. Um, and, and that's because of the extreme to which he is able to move, the way he moves, his arm, you know, all those things. Yeah. That, you know, we have to, we have to funnel that down in pro ball and, and put him in a spot where we, we, we think, A, his best long-term position is going to be, where he's going to impact our major league, and, and what, what's ultimately going to help him become the best player he can be. You know, we, we, I would not rule out that he could go play shortstop. He's not going to play shortstop for us. Um, he's going to be, we think he's going to be an, an elite center fielder. Right. So, but at the amateur ranks, yeah, you could go watch him play and say, pick a position on the field, and I bet he'd be really good at it. Yeah. Talking to Mike Hayes and Mike, it was, uh, it was not hard to suddenly project your outfield of Corbin Carroll, Alec Thomas, and, and Drew Jones at some point. I know in the past you've told us the best way to have success, not even just in this division, is to draft well and, and develop from within. Do you feel like you guys are on the path doing that now? Nobody's ever satisfied, so I don't want to take this answer in the, in the wrong direction. We, we, our scouts have done some really, really good work. We have elite players playing in our system right now, um, and it's not, just, it's not just confined to that. Um, you know, we have some pitchers at the upper levels. We have Jordan Lawler, we have, and we have other guys beyond that. And so that, the, the, you, know, you don't just take one or two players and say, hey, this is what we're going to kind of build around in baseball. It's not basketball. Um, we, need, we need 14 of those players 
to say that, to be able to say that. And they're not all going to come internally. You know, we got to do some work on the external trades, adding talent, veteran players to our team. You know, we're young right now. We need to add veteran presence to our lineup. Um, that's all going to happen as we put this all together, too. I, I do feel like it has to start with guys that all of us could look at, not just me and me telling you guys, hey, I mean, I think we can all see it, or people outside the organization saying, that guy is going to be has a good chance to be a really good player at the major league level, and oh, you have multiples of them. I think that's the starting point. That yes, and I do think as the as the Arizona Diamondbacks, that's what we're going to be built around. I, I, it's not going to be built externally. It's going to be built internally, and you know we'll see. Um, we we need to we need to we need to follow up and make sure that that pays off, and that's not just you know lip service and 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 because that's what we believe, but we need to make sure that it pays off. Mike, it's that time of year, as you well know, right? It's getting a little bit here into July, a little bit in the second half of July, and that can only mean one thing. Here comes the trade deadline. A little bit later than normal, right? August 2nd, the trade deadline. Do you see yourself being very active in the trade deadline? Uh, I would envision active, yes, in terms of what we're getting thrown at us whether or not we pull off trades to the degree that you would call it active it's hard to tell mm. um, we we have heard from numbers of teams about players that have of interest um, and you know we're just kind of sorting through that now everything dies at the draft so everything went dark about four days ago in terms of any conversations we were having with other teams and that happens every year now well I guess starting last year for the first time and now this year it just goes completely dark and everybody just fixates on the draft and so there, you know, I'm sure these conversations will start back up again. We're going to see what we can do to, to, to continue to make our organization even stronger. Um, I don't really know what that's going to mean, um, you know, but, but we, we're going to have some decisions to make, I'm sure. Um, I want to see our team, major league team playing a little bit better coming out of the break. Uh, I know, you know, it was, it was kind of a rough two-week stretch there where we were competitive almost every single night. And we were in almost every single game, and we lost about five or six of them by one run. Uh, I'd like to see us kind of flip the script on that a little bit coming out of the break here. Mike Hayes, and we appreciate the insight as always, man. Good luck in the Thanks, second Mike. half. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon.